0: This is Jay Baer from Convince & Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy Tyler and this week's special guest.
1: Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. My name is Tyler Lussard from Vidyard, and I'll be your host today. We don't have the illustrious Randy Frisch with us, but I think we're going to be okay because we do have Melissa Hodai from Allstate, who I think comes from a a very interesting background in content marketing. Melissa's part of a team that is running content marketing within the search part of the organization. And there's some very important reasons for that. And I think some interesting nuances to how that drives the way they run a content marketing organization within their business. So without further ado, Melissa, would you mind introducing yourselves and giving our listeners a little bit of background on where you're coming from?
2: Sure. Hi, I'm uh, Melissa Hodai, and uh, I manage uh, what's called the digital content team at Allstate, uh, the insurance company. We uh, We are responsible for Responsible for two major or the two main digital content marketing platforms here at Allstate. The Allstate blog, which is what we call our more top of funnel platform, that's where we give, you know, safety tips and car maintenance tips and all kinds of tips uh, to help people who, uh, to build relationships with people who may one day want to buy some insurance. But we don't talk about Allstate or its products on the blog. Uh, The second platform that we we manage is called the tools and resources section of Allstate.com. That is what we call our mid-funnel platform um, in terms of the, the sales funnel. And that is basically a general insurance educational library. So all of the content in that section answers people's frequently asked questions about insurance. You know, someone Googles something like, what is comprehensive coverage? Or if a tree falls on my house, you know, is that covered? We have content to answer those types of questions there. So that's that's those are our are basically our two main platforms.
1: So uh, before we dive into some of the meat with respect to measurement, how you guys measure success, and, um, and I think some interesting things that we'll pull out for how you focus on search and SEO as a core to your content strategy, um, I want to get to know your audience a little bit better. So who do you target with your content being, uh, being an insurance company? Is this individual consumers? Is it a B2B play? Is it a little bit of both? And, and how does that influence the way you approach your content strategy?
2: It's a little bit of both, but I would say the, the majority are going to be the, the individual consumers. Um, we do sell small business insurance, so we do have some business owners who we, who we target with certain content, but the vast majority is going to be our, our consumers.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, and I think that also, you know, answers part of my question about, you know, how did your team come to be built within the, the search and SEO part of the organization? I know a lot of companies' content marketing sits, you know, separately in different areas, um, but it was very interesting to hear. That, that your team really got spun up within the search part of the organization and, and I presume that was to, to help build a blog to drive more inbound traffic
2: absolutely yeah about uh, six years ago the head of search you know saw the opportunity the allstate blog had existed in a different form it was more of a community at the time but you know knowing that content is search is content he saw the blog as a great you know opportunity to, to widen that net and get, you know, more inbound traffic for the, for the digital universe here at Allstate. And then um, the tools and resources section kind of followed, you know, they, that section also already existed. But, you know, especially if you, if you think in terms of, you know, the types of uh, terms that we would like to attract, you know, the, the searchers, uh, you know, they're looking for insurance related content. So that gave us a really good opportunity as well to attract people who are in the right mindset.
1: Right. Yeah. And and how does that influence the way you think about your, your content calendar, both on the blog as as well as in the tools and resources area? Are are you focused on, um, you know, SEO uh, keywords and, you know, search terms as, you know, to guide your content calendar? Or, you know, are you, you know, looking at other cues from the market to understand, you know, which topics are most likely to, to really hit and resonate out there?
2: We do both. So search is always going to be a consideration. And if we get an idea from, let's say, another area of the organization that would like to talk about a specific topic or, you know, something that's going on in the world, in the news, uh, we always, you know, use certain tools to, um, you know, kind of check you know, what's the search volume? Are people really looking for this? Because to me that's a really good litmus test for is this something people care about? You know, if they're searching for it, they care about it, you know, and everything that we do, we make sure that it's it's done for with the consumer in mind, not necessarily just because it's something we want to talk about.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such an important piece, and, and I know a lot of folks get can get caught in the trap of just thinking, okay, we've got we've got a blog, we need to publish two to three or four blogs per week, whatever your cadence is, and you can you know quickly get into the trap of just content for the sake of content um, to fill a calendar. But I think if 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 you deviate too far from that baseline of you know is this a going to drive success from an inbound search perspective and and b you know answer questions people people really have out there, um, it, can, it can lead you in a, a very dangerous path, uh, you know, and one that doesn't align back to the goals of the business, right?
2: Right. Like, you know, we always try to think to ourselves, is this going to help somebody? Is somebody, does somebody want this content? Yeah. You know, is there a good reason to create this content? And if we don't have, if we can't come up with a really good reason, uh, we don't do it you know uh that's just kind of how we make our decisions
1: so you guys um uh recently won an award for your blog if i'm uh, understand correctly um can you tell me a bit about that and you know what was the award recognizing was it the content was it your you know your measurement and analytics strategy as a business impact or you know what's, uh, what uh what really gets you proud about what you've done with your your blog and, and how you guys have fueled success
2: yeah we uh we won the best corporate blog award from the content marketing institute uh I think that they're wrapping up content marketing world you know uh, a few days ago yeah. but uh you know so they just announced this pretty recently we're really excited uh to me um you know I, I think it basically looked overall at. Corporate blogs, in terms of strategy, in terms of the kind of content that they're creating, mm-hmm. um, and and the the goals that they're meeting, and to me, it was a really big achievement because I feel like in the past five years, you know, since the blog really was born in it cur- in its current form, we've really made huge strides in terms of our strategy, um, basing that strategy on data, and then um, you know, seeing the results that that does uh, that that. That that has given us, Um, you know, our strategy has really evolved over the last several years, and I think that we've finally gotten to a place where we we know what we're trying to achieve, and we're learning, you know, every single day how to better achieve that. And this, you know, the award was a really exciting thing for us because it kind of validated what we had felt, you know, was, was success for us. Right.
1: Well, and I think you touch on such an important point, which is the, 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 what are the success factors for, you know, today's blogs, right. And is it, um, you know, again, is it measured by the volume of traffic that it's driving the engagement of audiences, you know, in the content and time on page, things like that, um, or how it is ultimately, you know, converting and driving, you know, business value and, and back to the, to the line of business goals. Um, so it's, you know, can you talk a little bit about your journey to to understanding, you know, uh, the best way to measure the success of your blog and to use those insights to fuel, you know, what you're doing and to create a blog that, that that truly has been a success for your company? What's what's your journey been there of of going from sort of I guess early days of I assume, you know, pretty basic metrics to, you know, where you've come to, which sounds like you're you're on a good path?
2: yeah uh it has been uh, quite the journey you know in the early days um you know we've we've always had uh, two core metrics that we've looked at but um you know we've really gone from you know taking into account in in the early days, we would look at those two metrics, but then every other metric that existed. Um, and where, whereas now we've really honed in on those two things as the main things that we really need to focus on. So, you know, in the early days we would do, uh, what I would call like unicorn hunting, um, right. which to, you know, to me, a unicorn is one of those pieces of content that, you know, it gets out of nowhere, like a million YouTube views when you normally get like a thousand or it gets, you know, um, just insane visits or insane talk on social compared to everything else. It's that huge spike. Um, And everybody wants to be able to make that happen, you know, on on a regular basis. That's, you know, it would be lovely if everybody could have that Oreo moment or whatever, you know, at at will. Um, But, you know, so we would do a lot of you know whenever one of those would hit, we would basically just drop everything and do whatever we could to make that happen again. Uh, and it wasn't super successful for us. I mean, we we were doing okay, but um, you know, we realized over time after you know several of these experiences that you can't catch that lightning in a bottle twice. you know it's it's often a mix of the topic and the time. You know, whatever people are talking about at the moment, whatever the zeitgeist is, you know, at that particular time, um, you know, it could be the way the stars align. You, you can't even predict it. So uh, we decided to do whatever we could to really base our strategy on hard data. Uh, over a long-term basis, not just, you know, that one spike, but what does well consistently over months and months rather than what did well that one time on that fluky basis. So we kind of evolved into what I call like a middle stage where we um, we were looking at all the data, you know, there and there were so many metrics available to us, you know, we were very lucky to have all this information. But we would look at everything from, you know, just the basic, you know, traffic and referrals and where's the traffic coming from and all that. We would look at the engagement metrics, uh, both on page and in social, you know, what would get us the most Facebook shares, what would get us the most Facebook likes, what would get us the most retweets, what would get us, you know, on page engagements, etc. And we were, we would, you know, we were trying to Find kind of the perfect blog post. You know what? What would be the perfect storm? Is it like an infographic about auto insurance that, you know, was promoted at 7 a.m. on a Monday? You know, we were trying to find the perfect, you know, mix of things, um, and that also kind of backfired a little bit. Not backfired, but it was just very overwhelming. Uh, you know, because when you look at all the different metrics, each one had a different answer. You know, it would be like, well, auto related stuff will get you the most shares, but infographics will get you the most clicks and you know, so basically the answer to that perfect what is the perfect post was it literally had to be everything. (laughs) Every topic, every content type, promoted in every single way. And that just wasn't I mean it's obviously it's not practical. (laughs) And you know, you can't the
1: infinity post.
2: (laughs) Right. It'd just be like this chimera look with everything in it, you know. Um so we, we stepped back again and we said, okay, what really matters to us? You know, what are the things that we really want to accomplish with our content marketing? And we need to look at those things and, you know, make our strategy based on, on those things. And so we did that. And our two, those two main KPIs that have always been a thing for us, you know, always been very important to us, our visits. We're trying to get people to the digital realm of Allstate, And uh, conversions, and we have three conversion events that we've always paid attention to, Um, you know, sending people to the quote, sending people to the agent locator, and sending people to the agent websites. And once we stripped all that other stuff away, you know, all of those other metrics that are interesting and helpful, but, um, you know, not... You know, not necessarily the thing we were trying to accomplish. Once we stripped all that away and we just focused on visits and conversions, that really gave us a good idea of what we should be spending our efforts on and how we should be doing it
1: yeah I, I think that's uh I mean it's it, it's super interesting because you're right you can get totally bogged down in in all these different uh, you know, leading indicators if you will of of you know what, what what feels like success for a post or for a piece of content um, and those are largely those sort of traditional you know I hate to say vanity metrics but that's that's kind of the way we, we often think about them of of shares and views and uh, uh and and likes and whatnot but um, but coming back then to those conversion points right and and what's driving the intended action or, or influencing that. So are you guys looking at that from a, um, from an immediate perspective and, and saying, are you driving people right from your blog and those posts to, to take those actions? Is that like a primary CTA within the posts or, or, or there, or are you expecting people are going to interact with the blog, you know, perhaps then go off, come back at a later time and they may convert, you know, some other time down the, down the path, um, but, you know, how do you relate that back to the, the blog post and how do you make sure you're still capturing those people?
2: Yeah, so we really look at it in two different ways. On tools and resources, um, which I had kind of mentioned is our general insurance explainer content. That content, we measure the conversions on an in-visit basis just because the people that go there, their intent is different. They're there because they're searching for right. stuff about insurance they're going to, con- you know, they're more likely to convert right there. But with the blog, like not a lot of people are probably going to read a story about, um, you know, holiday uh, decoration safety and say, wow, I really have to buy some insurance like right this second. Like that's <laughs> not, you know, that's not the way it works. And, and yeah. we don't really expect it to work that way. We know that our our content is part of a long-term relationship that we're trying to build with people You know, with consumers. So we've we've devised an attribution model, an any touch attribution model is what we call it, and it's a way to measure um, if someone visits the blog and then comes back and converts somewhere in the Allstate digital universe within a certain amount of time, several months. um, We can attribute that conversion uh, back to the blog. So basically, we can say the blog was one of the steps in the process that took that person from you know, entering the digital universe at Allstate to converting and becoming a customer.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that model. And it's something that, you know, we we talk a lot about in the, the, the modern marketing sphere, if you will, of, you know, the move from, uh, you know, sort of top of funnel metrics to, you know, greater attribution modeling and understanding, you know, which different programs are influencing deal cycles. Because um, to your point, I, I'd love to think same with, with our own blog, that somebody who comes in and reads a blog about how to create a great explainer video is all of a sudden going to go, oh, heck, I need Vidyard. Uh, but it's just right. not the case. But, but we also know that those who who do educate over time um, you know, are, are more likely. And then we've we've started to do the same of identifying well which topics are the ones that are early indicators of somebody who may be a longer-term prospect and, and, and convert somewhere further down the line. So I think it's 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 super important because we can't lose sight of those those programs that are, are influencing longer-term deals as opposed to generating immediate you know, responses or pipeline at the time of. So um, we're going to take a quick break here so we can get a couple words in from our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to dive a little bit further into that, Melissa, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and ask you about <laughs> some specific tools or methodologies you're using to actually put that into action. So stick with us here and we'll be right back with Melissa.
2: Hey, Zoe. Hey, Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, a.k.a. all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies... I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So, you know, Uberflip, it lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So, I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. <laughs> Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo.
1: Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. We're here with Melissa Hodai from Allstate Insurance. And we just started talking about attribution and influence modeling. And the idea that, you know, a blog is not only responsible for driving inbound traffic and engagement in the content, but ultimately to help drive the conversion points you're looking to achieve in your business. For us, a company like Vidyard, it might be a demo request. Uh, It might be um, another sort of bottom of funnel action to sign up for a trial. Um, In your work, Uh, Melissa, you mentioned a few very specific actions you're looking for people to take to to get a quote or to engage with an agent. So I want to peel back just a little bit further to help people understand how you're doing that in in practice. Um, And, you know, while I recognize you're not the one managing all the marketing tech underneath the covers, um, from your perspective as a content marketer, who are you working with in your organization and to to make sure you can do this kind of tracking and reporting? um, and, And how are you guys collaboratively using those tools to make sure you're understanding which content is actually influencing opportunities and ultimately revenue for the company.
2: Yeah, so we work uh, really closely with. There's a internal marketing measurement team, um, and they, you know, they've managed uh, to create this wonderful attribution report that we use. Mm. Uh, I do know that it's based basically on cookies. So they yeah. cookie people, and that's how they know when they come back. Uh, and uh, you know, we use Site Catalyst and also Google Analytics to another extent uh, to you know keep an eye on what's what's going what's going on with our traffic.
1: Right. Right. So can, can you think of any? Um... Uh, and again, I'm going to further put you on the spot here, but um, uh, can you think of any examples that you could share with the audience about, um, you know, I'd say one or the other, uh, uh, a piece of content or a blog post that you thought was going to be the unicorn. And, um, you know, and later on, you found out from that attribution data that, yeah, well, it, it seemed to be great and it made us all feel warm and fuzzy. It didn't really impact results or, or on the flip side, you know, a piece of content that, you know, it just seemed like a, an everyday thing. Um, but ultimately you, you realize wow that really had an impact on on revenue and and you know do you, did you did you sort of get visibility or understanding of of why one of those overperformed or, or underperformed
2: yeah so as um as far as the kind of one that we thought was awesome but maybe wasn't <laughs> um, <laughs> we had uh you know a few years ago and this is actually one that kind of led us to to I guess, re-examine our strategy a little bit was, uh, you know, the ultimate unicorn for us, which it was uh, the story that we did on the blog about people are raising backyard chickens. Like, if you want to do this, what do you need to know? (laughs) You know, so (laughs) I want to have some chickens in my backyard. And, you know, the thinking for Allstate was, you know, everything that we do, we we make sure it connects in some loose way to something we sell. We sell homeowners insurance, people with backyards have homeowners insurance and they might mount chickens. Um, so we did this story and it got just like so many visits. It got 50 times as many visits as everything else. And, you know, we like visits. Visits are a thing that we really care about, but it didn't really lead to a bunch of conversions for us. And it didn't lead to a bunch of people coming back to Allstate's digital universe as we wanted them to do. You know, so it was something that looked great on the surface, you know, when you say, oh, this post got X number of hundreds of thousands of visits, but it really didn't pay off in the long run um the way that we would want some of our content to do. So um, you know, I think on the flip side, um, you know, there's there's a piece there's pieces of content on um the tools and resources section especially that um, you know, we just did thinking, well, you know, someone's going to search for this. That'll be, you know, it, that'll be good. Uh, and the one that I'm thinking of is uh, what is full coverage? You know, people search for that all the time. Right. Uh, the answer is there isn't a, any such thing. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, so we didn't, because you know, it's not like a product you can go buy that's called full coverage. So right. we created this piece of content to kind of debunk the, the popular term that people use. And, you know, we thought it would do okay. Um, But really over time, and that post has been up for several years now, and it has been a powerhouse every, you know, every year it consistently delivers, you know, we'll, we'll give it updates from time to time, but tons of search traffic, it gets conversions. It's just an amazing post. Um, And that was one that, you know, didn't seem so flashy or, you know, kind of strange and as much of a talking point as the chickens but um it was really more of a workhorse for us.
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting and and I think um, one of the things that, you know, sort of jumps out at me is the, um, you know, the chicken farming. Um, I, I do have a neighbor two houses down that has chickens in their backyard. And in fact, I was more interested myself of how do I protect my own home from the chickens, but I'll leave that for later. Right. Um, it is, uh, you know, but it's like uh, to me as, as a marketer, I think, you know, that's a, it's a super top of funnel, um, you know, piece, right. Which, you know, to your point, it's it's, it's, it's likely to get really broad traffic, but somebody searching for that, you know, doesn't feel like they're close or, you know, anywhere near a potential buying stage or, or somebody that may be sort of qualified. And yet the second piece that you talk about, you know, understanding what, what full coverage means, um, you know, feels to me like that's going to be somebody who's further down the intent cycle and they're asking questions that are more specific and therefore, again, more likely to be a, a quote, of, you know, quote unquote, bottom of funnel kind of prospect who's more likely to convert in the near term. Um, and, and
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that... Yeah, and I mean...
1: Okay. I was just going to say, it's something that uh, that we've, we've tried to do, I think, in our own programs is, is think about that, where, you know, we, we do want to spread it across the board, because we still do, you know, there, there's value in audience building with that really top of funnel content, um, but making sure that we are also focused on that, you know, again, bottom of funnel style content that's really specific to topics that are key to our personas.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, from our perspective, we need both, you know, we need both the the little bit further out. I mean, I will admit the chickens were probably a little too far out, but um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, a little bit further out things that people are just going you know see in the wild and think are interesting and want to click on, you know for uh, you know their you know kind of infotainment or just interesting mm-hmm. things. But then there you know for us, that's why we have the two platforms to serve both that right. need and the need of the people who really have the questions and and the intent.
1: Yeah. I, I, so, so I like that. So let me ask you then um, uh, shift a little bit to the, the type of content that you guys are investing in. And so I suspect that there may be a different answer with the blog versus the you know tools and, and resource section. Um, but let me just throw that out there of, you know, between the written word you know you mentioned infographics you know i'm sure you're you're looking at videos as part of your content strategy um and and, and other you know sort of you know snackable formats um what are you guys seeing today and then, and what's working well for your team and then as you look ahead uh what's on the next frontier where, where do you think is is things are going for the kind of content that's going to perform well on your sites um you know independent of perhaps the, the topic
2: You know, I have a boring answer, but it's again, one of these like workhorse type things to me, the, the blog post, the article is, has always been, and I think it should continue to be one of the hardest working pieces of content for us or types of content for us. Um, We've tried everything. We've tried every kind of content you can think of except for podcasts, (laughs) but um, we've done, uh, you know, we've done videos and infographics. We've done interactives. We've done uh, printable PDFs. We've done. Uh, GIFs, GIFs, I don't know how you say that one, Um, but we've tried all these different kinds of content and, you know, to varying degrees of success. Some of them do well for us, but at the end of the day, uh, and maybe it's because of search, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, those articles are always going to score for us. Um, So, you know, I think that as far as, you know, where the future is, uh, where the future is going to take us I think we're never going to get away from doing articles because there's, there is a demand for those the length of those articles may change as mobile mm-hmm. continues you know as mobile continues to take over but yeah. um, you know we also like to try to sprinkle in various you know whatever the new the, the new uh, content type is so I think we're, we're looking at maybe you know, 360 videos or right. uh, augmented reality you know all of those things as well
1: Yeah, I think that a uh, 360 video to refresh and support that uh, chicken farming blog would probably work (laughs) well. I mean, I would probably want to look around and see how do I build the coop uh,
2: <laughs> you can have some like cute little chickens in there you know making their little <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah, they do yeah. I don't know <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> well, but I think you make a, 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 a great point that that I again uh, I, 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 I hate to just keep agreeing with you and but that, that often <laughs> happens when we're, we're speaking with with uh, with like-minded folks but um, but you know that 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 blog as the real workhorse and you know where you can have a frequency of content where you're touching on so many different topics topics and um, you know reaching audiences of, of, of different styles with longer form shorter form content um, is is going to continue to be the workhorse but but I do also agree that there's always flexibility in the kinds of content types we can include within those blog posts to cater to different audiences um, and, and so that's where i i i tend to agree i don't think that it's one or the other um that it's, you know it's infographics or videos or blog posts um, i think all those things are, are just really merging together and you're saying you know there's a a time and place for the workhorse text only you know keyword centric you know really heavy Uh, style blog articles and then ways to complement it and support it with short videos, you know, short, you know, fun little graphics, infographics, things like that. Um, And that stuff gets me excited when this sort of these things sort of come together and you can appeal to different audiences with different styles of content.
2: Absolutely. And that's something we've been experimenting with a little bit on some of our past posts that, you know, as articles did well, we're seeing what can we add to those or do to those to maybe try to widen their appeal even further, you know, adding a video or a a GIF or, um, you know, whatever, you know, some visual component to those articles uh, to say, you know, maybe maybe somebody wants to see this content in another format. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep that's great so I think um so in our last few minutes here that we have together um I want to shift the conversation a little bit to learn more about yourself uh as as an individual and and kind of how how some of that relates back to to what you're you're now doing so let me um so let me ask you as a as a content leader and as somebody who's you know thinking about creative ideas for for what to write or what to show um what do you in your in your personal life where do you get kind of inspiration um, from, or, you know, what is there, are there shows on, you know, HBO or Netflix that kind of really get you going? Um, Is it, you know, are there people out there? Is it, is it, is it, is it cooking or some other creative outlet that, that really helps fuel that side of, of, of what you do day to day?
2: (laughs) Well, Game of Thrones has got to be, you know, some kind of point of discussion here because it's such a big deal. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't really get content ideas from that. I think it'd be kind of strange if I did. Um, but, um, you know, I just I I try to be um, active on social media and see what yeah. people are talking about. Uh, I watch a lot of HGTV and those types of channels, you know, thinking about the type of content we do. That's always a good source for ideas. Um, so I really just try to be a good consumer of content myself, uh, both on the Internet and on TV uh, and on social just to kind of you know it always helps to get those ideas going
1: yeah well I I think back to Game of Thrones you know (laughs) uh, not surprisingly I'm I'm a huge fan myself but I I find uh, uh, you know there may not be like specific inspiration moments like oh yeah I should do something with a dragon but um, (laughs) but what I love is just you know with shows like that and you know there's like Westworld I was of course a great fan of and, and and there's so many now that to me just are so inspirational from a storytelling perspective Um, that, you know, I just, that, that, that stuff I love too, right. It's just like Sunday night, I can get in that mood and I walk away and, and I often do, I think back sort of, as, as we're talking about different kinds of content, it's just that underlying inspiration of like good, strong storytelling, you know, how you're sort of thinking about characters in your narrative. Um, and, and, and so those things I think are, are just good, you know, good inspiration for all of us to, to keep us focused on, you know, telling good stories that appeal to our audiences in, in different ways. Right. So. And I think uh, one of the other things, though, I will say is I'm looking forward to the upcoming season of Stranger Things. Um, yes. And, <laughs> and, of course, as a great marketer, we are already working on our Stranger Things parody um, video and blog post for the Halloween season. So nice. you know, that's just a little tip for, for anybody else out there, too. There's lots of different ways you could play off of Stranger Things for a great Halloween blog post uh, or, or video. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will have to check that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, thanks again, Melissa. I just wanted to, uh, uh, to really thank you for spending the time here with our audience and, and giving a little bit of background on where you've come from with your team and, and some of the success that you've seen. So again, congrats on the uh, well-deserved recognition for your blog, um, not just for great content, but for being able to show meaningful results beyond just uh, clicks and views into into real attribution, into revenue. And I think something that, that all of us here should uh, continue to strive for. So um, for anybody that wants Wants to follow you or what you're doing, um, Melissa? Can you point them to to where they should go? Either your LinkedIn profile or maybe the Allstate blog, so they can see what you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, I think the Allstate blog, so blog.allstate.com, is a great place to go. Check it out, please, <laughs> and thank you for having me.
1: Perfect. It'll be even more inspirational than Game of Thrones, I promise you. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's great. So so thanks again to, uh, to to Melissa for joining us here. This has been a, another episode of Content Pros, part of the Convince and Convert family of podcasts, services, and training classes, all designed by Jay Bear and his team to help you all be more successful and effective modern marketers. If you enjoyed this episode. Please check out the rest of our uh, content at contentprospodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you are listening uh, and have some comments for us, either what you've enjoyed or what you think we could do better, please leave us some comments and let us know so we can continue to improve what we're doing here at Content Pros. And with that, we'll sign off for uh, today. Myself, Tyler Lussard at Vidyard, and on behalf of my dear friend Randy Frisch from Uber Flip, thanks for joining, and we hope to uh, catch you next time. Thank you.
0: This is Jay Baer, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.